It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 808 at News Talk. WSB is 65 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful doing whatever you want to do in your landscape as long as you do it with a little bit of science and a little bit of research and a little bit of experience that I can add to the conversation as well. If you want to get your garden questions answered off the air, well, there's an opportunity for you today out in Conyers, out in Covington, out east of the city. I'll be at the East Metro Home Expo, which will be at the Horse Park in Conyers today, starting at 11 o'clock. I'll be doing a presentation called Fabulous Lawns. No. Wonderful Lawns and Fabulous Flowers, and I can't remember the name of my, my topic. Anyway, I'll be talking about gardening in the spring. They're at the Conyers at the uh, East Metro Expo in the Conyers Horse Park, starting around 11 o'clock, going to 12 o'clock. And then tomorrow I'll be at Wyuka Road Baptist Church at 6.30 for an open to the community lecture on gardening there as well. And again, if you've got bugs in a bag and weeds in a bag like we do at the Pike Nursery at remote locations, bring them on. I love talking to people and answering questions and generally getting to know what other people have problems with in their own landscape. My number here, 404-872-0750. Mary is in Roswell, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Mary, good morning. Good morning to you. How can I help? Um, who can I talk to and go and see uh, about my sugar maple that I've been told <clears throat> by a passing tree, tree man mm -hmm. Um, it was an old tree and it's dying. This was as I was raking up a gajillion leaves um, that <laughs> seemed, you know, pretty normal to me in yeah. the fall. Well, used to be. Used to be back in the dark ages when we had government services, you could sometimes get an arborist or a forester or someone like that to come to your property and look at trees for you as part now of the Now you can service. for $100 well, or so. Uh, you can't from public funds, taxpayer-supported foresters and things like that don't right. come to your home anymore. But there are certainly what I call tree-hugger arborists around Atlanta. Mm -hmm. They're known generally as certified arborists, ISA, which is the International Society of Arboriculture, Arboriculture Certified Arborists. And so you choose one. Frankly, they're all about the same, and they all love trees, and they don't want to take one down unless it's necessary. And they can, I think, be relied upon to give you an honest, truthful answer for, like you say, around 100 125 bucks. Okay, so there's no place that I can go and take pictures of my tree and discuss uh, what... Possibly. What county do you live in, Mary? You live in Fulton County, right? I live in Fulton County in Roswell. Up in Roswell, there's the County Services Building. Do you know where that is on Roswell Road? No, I d Oh, you mean uh, the... Yeah, uh, right. Where you go to... Sandy Springs, to, North Yeah, to yeah sure. renew your license. Exactly. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, call up there Monday when it comes around and uh, ask, I think Abra Lee is the extension agent up there, and say, Abra, when would you be available for me to come, down, come over and sit down and talk to you about my tree? Send her pictures beforehand so that she'll have a chance to think about it and maybe give some better answers beforehand. And just ask the extension office if you can come in and make an appointment with them. 
Okay, A B R A. Aberly, yes. Okay, Very I will. I will try that. Thank right. you. I like to save my a hundred dollars. All right. Good luck with it, Mary. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Thanks for calling. Steve is in Buford, Georgia, and joins us. Hey, Steve. Good morning. Uh, thank you, Walter. Good morning to you. Yes, uh, I have an uh, Verburnum, I believe the way you pronounce it. Beautiful sure. little white, lacy leaves, but yeah. it's you know the blooms have uh, now uh, fallen away. My question is, it's about eight to nine feet high. Mm. I need to trim it down. So sure. the question is, do I trim it now? And if so, do I trim it all the way around, or just do the top and let the side stems continue? To, to grow out. What do you want? What would look best? You know, I really think I've seen them both of them. I think probably if it's more if it's a bush, it's going to be better manageable, All right. particularly with my wife. <laughs> All right. My son, my son who lives in California right now, sent me a picture of a Japanese maple yesterday and says, How much can I prune this Japanese maple? And I gave him a rule of thumb, which Steve applies to you as well as anyone who's planning on pruning something during the growing season, which now is the growing season, obviously. And I say, try to hit less than 25%. The okay. less, uh, the further down from 25 you can do, the better off, I guess, for the tree and still accomplish your goals of making it bushier in your case, in his case, taking some limbs off the ground. But 25% uh, or less, generally speaking, for a healthy plant, does not hurt the tree or shrub in your case. So okay. look at it and say, honey, if I cut here, if I cut here, if I cut here, it would make it bushier. Less than 25% in your estimation? She says, yes, go to it. <laughs> you get the pruner out there and cut it off. Right. But right now would be the time to do it. Yes. Yeah, because you've got uh, all summer long to recover. Uh, the soil is moist. The nutrients are there. The weather is good. Yeah, now's a great time to do that pruning. Okay. Hey, thanks so much here. I enjoy your program. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Okay. David is in Marietta, Georgia, and joins us. David, hey, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you? Ah, man, I'm all right. How can I help, David? I've got a Bermuda lawn. I've already thrown down lime and turf builder, and, and I've just got a lot of weeds. Should I let the clippings go back into the lawn, or should I bag till I get the weeds under control? Mm, generally speaking, clipping or, or bagging or not bagging doesn't have much to do with weed control. Weeds are okay. so prolific. Most weeds have so many seeds that whether you remove a couple of a couple of hundred of the seeds, there's still a couple of hundred that have already laid on the ground and are going to give you problems in the lawn in the future. So whether you bag or not is more a nutrition question sometimes because you get certainly fertility out of the clippings as they decompose. They're returning some of the fertilizer you put down back to the ground as they decompose. And um, that would be one thought about it. Uh, if you're real obsessive about having the perfect pristine lawn, maybe bagging makes sense as long as you compost them behind the yard and maybe use those, use the compost in a flower bed or something like that. That would be fine with me, too. Okay, so would it be okay, like, uh, five weeks after the turf builder I put down to put down a weed and feed? Five weeks seems a little short. I think at least six, if you read the label on any of the fertilizer products, they say six to eight weeks. And okay. if you put down fertilizer right now, I'm thinking that's just a little too close to the initial application. Okay. All right. Uh, what about uh, like a bare weed control product they're advertising real big right now? Uh, like well, the, I don't want to put a weed and feed and the bare product down 
simultaneously. You choose one or the other. If you are not going right. to use the right. weed and feed, just a straight turf fertilizer, sure, and use the Bayer product, or one or the other, but not both. Okay. All right, Walter, thank you so much. Wait, David, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. How are you going to help me celebrate World Naked Gardening Day, May the 6th? <laughs> oh, David, come on, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, 30 years ago, I would have been uh, all in. But, uh, oh, man. All right, well, look. doesn't look that great anymore. For people like you, what about World Pajama Gardening Day on May the 7th? I do that already. Man, I want a picture. I've got pictures. I put it up on my website for celebrating both holidays, May the 6th and May the 7th. For those who have gotten on in years like myself, the pajama gardening is more attractive than the other one. So if you want to submit a picture, and again, good taste, good taste always. But if yep. anyone, anyone within my listening audience wants to submit a picture that I will review before it goes up, you can be sure of that. You do not have to show your face. You do not have to show anything you don't want to show to it. But I would love to see some pictures to include one of a lady who sent in her granny in her house coat, which I thought was just adorable <laughs> to see her granny out pruning her roses in her house coat. And that's going to go up for World Pajama Gardening Day. Real soon. Beautiful. <laughs> I will look forward to a submission, David. All right, Walter, thank you. All right, we'll see you soon. All right. David All right. did not sound so very convinced about that, but I'm hopeful that he will that he will participate in that, as will some of my listeners, too. World Naked Gardening Day, May the 6th, or World Pajama Gardening Day, May the 7th. That's 817. We'll be back after this. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Rain's headed this way, probably won't get here before this evening, but tomorrow might have a chance of rain. Highs today in the 80s, tomorrow only in the high 60s perhaps, overnight lows in the 50s as well. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Ashley has a Twitter question, hashtag AskWalter online. Ashley, what are they asking? Yep, James found you on Twitter this morning and says, I'm thinking about sodding my yard and it's in full sun. Should I do Bermuda or Zoysia and which, which one and why? Ooh, yowza. Full sun would be supportive for either Bermuda or Zoysia. If you had dogs, Bermuda, because Bermuda recovers from damage a lot faster than Zoysia does. If you want something that sort of does its own weed control, Zoysia is better than Bermuda at being so thick that the weeds never have a chance to really sprout and come up in it. I think it's flip a coin with either of those situations out of the way, dogs or weed control that he really wants to get done. I would say either one, whichever side is easiest to install and water to keep it, get it healthy. I think we're fine. And I'm asking for me, what, um, what time of year? Now. Now is a great Perfect. time to put sod in. And we have 30 days, even with the water restrictions that are in place right now, you can plant, you can water newly planted sod or landscape plants for 30 days after installation. And hopefully those rules will go through the summer, but at least they apply right now. So now is the time to get that planted. Bonnie is in Mapleton, and Bonnie joins us on Lonnie Garden. One, two, three, four. There's Bonnie. Hi, Bonnie. Hi there. How can I help? Well, when is the best time to spray the kudzu? Two times, two times. One is when it's young, which is right now. Right now. You can see those little green leaves coming up out of the ground all over the place. In what the, do you mean come out of the ground? Over the trees. All over the trees, too. <laughs> the second time, Bonnie, is maybe not as intuitive, but in the fall, in the just fall? as it's cooling down the first week or two in September, that is when kudzu is bringing from the leaves back into the stems and roots all the 
things it thinks it might be able to use the next year to sprout again. But if you're spraying a herbicide on it, that gets brought down into the roots too. So the spring, when it's new, the fall, as it's uh, bringing its resources back to the roots, two good times to spray kudzu. Okay, now I bought a brush killer. Yeah. Is, Is that it? That'll work. That's what I use with the water hose. Yeah, water hose. Be careful not to put it on anything else, because it'll kill broadleaf to anything. Sure will. Not only uh, kudzu, but also everything else with a broadleaf on it, so be careful with it. And this has a kudzu bug. Huh. <laughs> <Now>. <laughs> you like that idea, huh? Um, that's kind of like a ladybug. Does it do the same thing as a ladybug, or no. is it just a bug? Sadly, sadly, the kudzu bug does not attack aphids or do anything beneficial, particularly to you or me. And badly, the kudzu bug gets on houses in the fall and yeah. sometimes spring, too, and crawls hundreds of them up and down the siding of houses. Yeah. And so we don't like kudzu bugs. But hopefully, if you kill all your kudzu, you won't have kudzu bugs. I should have lived that long. All right, I thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks for calling, Bonnie. 404 our number. Mickey Gasaway from Pike Nursery will be with us in a moment. You'll probably guess what she's going to talk about, because this is the weekend Pike Nurseries all over Atlanta are celebrating one little insect. We'll talk about that at 835. We'll be back right after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 835 on a Saturday morning, 68 degrees outside as you heard the weather just now. It'll be a very nice day outside today. Rain tomorrow. Get your planting done today. Get your landscaping done today so tomorrow you can enjoy being indoors. One of the places you can go, of course, today and celebrate Ladybug Day, all Pike family, Pike nursery locations. And Mickey Gasway is with us this morning to talk about ladybugs. Hi, Mickey. Good morning. Good morning. Ladybug weekend, by the Lady way. Ladybug weekend with it's purchase. Tomorrow, too. Everybody gets a little pack of 100. How many ladybugs are in a pack? 150, I think. 150, 150. ladybugs. I didn't count them, but I think that's right. <laughs> I hope nobody else does either. Yeah. Uh, so you have this little um, lacy, what would you say, plastic um, yeah, pack? Yeah, mesh, mesh pack. kind of thing, mesh yeah. Thing, yeah. So uh, you go home, keep them in a cool place, squirt them with water mm-hmm. just a little bit. But we don't release them immediately because they actually stay better. Better if you release them closer to dusk than anything else. Yeah, I think. when it gets, starts getting, um, you know, when it's dusk, that's, yeah. that's a good word. Um, yeah, and then wet down whatever you're going to put them on. And hopefully you've kind of scoped out today maybe something you may have aphids on. And we've seen a lot of aphids because yeah. of the cool, the warm uh, winter. But we've, um, you know, might check out your roses or something like roses, that. Roses, um, roses, irises, hellebores. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's the three things I've seen aphids on so far this year. Yeah. Yep. And so the good thing is the the um, cool weather and the rain tomorrow is going to keep them around your garden, too. And so that's nice news as far as the, just the weather goes for the ladybugs. That's exactly right. I called, uh, not called, but I mentioned uh, earlier this morning that a lot of people don't know what a baby ladybug looks like. It doesn't look like mama looks like at an all. Alligator. Little alligator. Looks like an alligator. <laughs> Orange and black alligators with lots of legs. Yeah. 
And uh, when you see it, you just can't believe quite how that could turn into a ladybug, but it does. I know, it looks nothing like it, does it? I guess it's like a a caterpillar and a butterfly. There (laughs) are different kinds of ladybugs. Fortunately, these are the convergence ladybugs, which are the ones that eat the aphids, not the ones that get into your walls and sort of make life miserable in the fall. That's right. Yeah, these... I think these, I, I may be wrong, but I think these overwinter as eggs, but I may be wrong about that. Do you know? I don't know myself. I th- in the garden, I don't know, you mean? Yes, I know yeah, some yeah. of them. Yeah, in the garden, they The ones here. that were brought in here, the foreign ones, um, um, they're the ones that try to get in your house. Yeah, the Asian, Asian ladybugs. Are Asian the ones ladybugs. That, do you know what they were brought here for? Yes, I do, sadly. The pecan aphids. I know, and it was University yeah. of Georgia researchers mm-hmm. who were trying to do it. So and they, they still they do a good job, but they yeah. where they're from apparently they have light, uh, caves and things like that. Yeah, they, so they that live there. So the University of Georgia released them in Tifton and thought, man, we're going to have a great way to control these aphids in Tifton and the pecan trees. And lo, they moved up North Georgia and started getting in people's houses. And the researchers That's were right. a little, little chagrined to but find not, out. But not the pike ladybugs. No, they no, don't do that. They have better manners. Very well behaved pike ladybugs, just fine. Again, at any pike nursery in Atlanta. Uh, with purchase, you get a bag of 150 ladybugs that you can bring home, keep cool, and release them tonight. And they will be around your garden eating aphids. And this is a, really the ladybug babies, the alligators that we mentioned, are the ones that eat yeah. more aphids than the mama does. And we're gonna. We also sell the bigger things. If you've got that's a, that a little package is enough to do one plant. Mm-hmm. So if you've got them on multiple things, or if you think you might, if you want to have a bigger population, we sell the little packages of them. And we also sell pregnantus sacs, mm. eggs, and also red worms. So we've wow. got a lot of good, good beneficial, beneficial insects. insects. Sure. Now, but we're going to have a talk today at all the pikes about beneficial insects. What time is the talk? It's at 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock. So if you're near a pike nursery, turn in right now because the class starts at yeah. 9 o'clock. And while you're there, of course, Pike Nursery is there to sell you plants, and there are lots and lots of pretty plants growing all over the nurseries in Atlanta. You can still put in, and I mentioned earlier, we're still under water restrictions, but you can water newly planted things for 30 days, no restrictions on time of day or day of week or anything like that. So still plenty of time to get things in the ground, get your landscape looking colorful and gorgeous. And tomorrow it's going to rain. And tomorrow it's going to rain. Gardeners always look for that little bit of uh, good weather for the weekend to get all your work done on Saturday. Then rain comes on Sunday, go to church, and then let the rain pour down. It's fine with you. That's right. That's exactly right. Well, Mickey, it's great talking to you today. Ladybug Day at all Pike Nursery locations, or Ladybug Weekend, I should have said, all this weekend with purchase, a pack of ladybugs to put in your landscape. That's right. All right. So, Mickey, where do we go if we want to find the nearest Pike location to our own home? Where would we look? At PikeNursery.com. Of course. Mickey, it's great talking to you again. You too. See See you soon. All right. It's 8.40 on a Saturday morning, which gives Mike a turn. Mike's been very, very patient waiting on us this morning. Hey, Mike, good morning. Hey, Walter. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great. How can I help? Hey, I've got a question. Um, I planted some Encore azaleas last spring, and they bloomed. I planted two on each side of my house, and uh, this February they bloomed, and we got that really bad frost, Mm -hmm. and the uh, pretty leaves fell off of them. Now, uh, only one azalea on each side of the house bloomed back, and the other ones did not bloom, but they have green foliage on them. Are, Are they dead? 
Now, if they got green foliage, why do you think they're dead? Come on. Well, that's that's what I'm asking you because <laughs> they haven't bloomed back again. <laughs> yeah, they're going to. They're just recovering. Who knows what little environmental trigger made them uh, not bloom to match the ones that you have that did bloom, but I feel very positive that they're just gathering their energy to have the summer bloom and then giving a little bit of fertilizer and some water, they'll have the fall bloom. So you'll have two or three at least uh, blooms in a year from them. That's excellent. Now, the ones that have our, that have uh, flowers on them, they, they're kind of wilting up. What's the, what's the deal with that? Um, I've been watering them. I don't like um, to hear wilting. Wilting is not a good thing. Make sure, I mean, this means trowel and on your hands and knees kind of stuff, but might go out there and trowel the dirt around the base of those azaleas to make sure that it's not too wet, too soggy. Make sure you're oh, not okay. over, overdoing it. Oh, okay. All right. That that would explain it. That could. Could. We'll go see. But many times, hands and dirt, just looking visually at something doesn't substitute sometimes for getting on your hands and knees and digging around a little bit just to see if there's something underneath that you can't catch from standing above it. Okay, great. All right. All right thank, yeah, thank you very much. You bet, Mike. Good luck with it then. Thank you, sir. we got James in Powder Springs who joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, James. Good morning. Good morning, sir. How can I help, James? Uh question I have is I've got some uh, boxwood and juniper plants and a hedge formation that's yeah. And they, they're di- they've been dying on me, and I've been cutting them back or digging them up. And I was just wondering if there could if there was possibly something in the soil that could be killing them. And if there is, is there anything you can do to uh, to the soil itself to alleviate any kind of disease or hmm. whatnot? There are certainly soil-borne problems, but junipers and boxwoods are so different from each other that there's very few if any leaf-borne diseases that would be in the soil that would affect them similarly because junipers obviously are needled evergreens and boxwoods are broadleaf evergreens so you don't have the same diseases on each one um give me just a couple of symptoms for just a second james what do you see when they die what do you see going on well with the boxwoods the leaves turn yellow then brown and then the, the branch goes dry and uh like i said i've I've had to dig, the, you know, cut them back and then dig them up, and right. I've tried to cut out all the bad that I can. Right. And the junipers, they turn a rust color, and it just, mm-hmm. you know, it just progress seems to be progressing down the line. I cut out a whole bunch of it uh, this past fall, and I see it continuing in the rest of the the line of the plant. Is there any chance of overwatering for either one? No. Okay. That, that would be the one thing that environmentally might cause either one to drop leaves and turn brown and do the things you've described uh, as overwatering. I tell you, I'll give you homework. Go to my website and just type boxwood blight in the search line and see the pictures there because it's sort of complicated to describe what it looks like. But look at boxwood blight to see if that might be what you have on the boxwood. And as far as the junipers go, that may be another one where, like I told Mike a minute ago, get underneath the plant and see what you see underneath. If there's any chance of there being some damage from who knows what, from too much water, from not enough water, from something. But generally speaking, junipers are pretty tough plants. And so I'm a little concerned as you say they continuously are turning brown and wilting. And I think some more close observation may give you more more things to call me back next Saturday and say, I found something on the junipers. What do you think about this? Okay, we'll do. All right. All right, James. Great talking to you. Thank you, sir. Enjoy your show. Forty five minutes past the hour. Ruth in Snellville is with us. Hey Ruth, good morning. Good morning. Um I've been noticing like a very fine mist of sap 
from the trees, really, really yeah. fine. And I, I, I haven't noticed any kind of scale or insect on the trees. They're mostly oak and hickory. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if this is just like a natural process or is it something I have to look into further? Uh, you may not have noticed them, but they're there anyway, <laughs> whether you've noticed them or not. Okay. There's scale or there's aphids or there's something sucking juice out of the tree way up high and not digesting all of it. It comes out the other end and down on your tree, on your car, I mean, it rains. And so you get this little sticky, sappy rain coming out of the tree. Is it something that may not be a problem next year or something because it's a, it's a lot of trees, a lot of hickory and oak. You well, you well suspect what might be going on. When you have a population of both of those insects, mostly aphids, but to some extent scale too, if a population builds, you also have a predator population that builds as well. Ladybugs for the aphids, for scale, they're minute wasps that come in and attack a big population of scale insects. So it is very probable that you'll have a waxing and waning of the population of both of those insects in your trees. And frankly, there's not a whole lot you can do about it anyway other than not park your car underneath them. Right, right. So uh, I think that you would just let nature take its course and uh, put a cover on the car or park it somewhere else. There's not okay. much you can do. All right. I thank you. Uh, it's good talking to you, Ruth. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Thank you. It is 847. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after this. Now back to Walter Reeves, the Lawn and Garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Right now, the temperature is 69 degrees. That will be the high tomorrow because the rainstorm's coming in. Today, though, up into the 80s, overnight lows down into the 50s. And again, the rain coming in overnight and into tomorrow. Good chance of rain most over Atlanta, over most of the Atlanta area. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I think if we go in real quickly, we can get Tim in and Ron, too. Tim is in Houston, Georgia. And joins us. Hey, Tim, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you? Hey, man, I'm fine. How can I help? Well, uh, me, me and the wife have a debate going on. I have a, uh, a small garden in my backyard. It's probably 5 foot by uh, 12 foot. And right. in the corner, we planted a artichoke plant last year. Mm -hmm. And kind of debating whether we should just dig it up because it didn't produce anything last year or if we should give it a second chance this year. Now you always give it a chance. Come on, Tim. Uh, <laughs> artichokes don't grow so well here. They need cool summers, and that's not what we have in Georgia so much. So in a micro-environment in the shady corner of the garden, maybe, maybe you'd have an artichoke come up and give you the flower or the, the, yeah, the flower bud that's what you eat. I say let's see what happens. Report back in July, and we'll see what you see. What you see. Yeah, this this plant's beautiful. I mean, all the leaves died off last yeah. year, but right now, I mean, it's probably uh, almost three foot tall, three foot wide, very, very green plant, uh, just no signs of producing any vegetable. Well, you have to see what you have to see. Come on, Tim. <laughs> all right, well, okay. let me know in July what goes on. with The leaves, frankly, I think the leaves are pretty attractive all by themselves. Maybe you don't need to have any vegetable from it. Maybe you don't need to eat anything off the artichoke. All right, well, it's settled. We'll, we'll leave it. All right, it's settled. We'll leave it. Good idea, Tim. Thanks for calling. All right, thanks, Walter. 404. Well, we don't have the phone number because we don't have any more time for calls. Ron is in Canton and joins us. Hey, Ron, morning. Yes, sir. Good morning. Hey. Uh, we came up with a Franklin tree in a pot, a one-gallon pot. It's about three-foot trees, about three-foot high, and yeah. trunk diameter is about the size of my little finger. It's real small yet. Nice, nice. Um, 
we want to put this in a hole where we have taken out a 14-year-old giant arborvitae okay. that outgrown the spot, and we've ground out the stump. Now, this is a very sunny spot, mm-hmm. and, uh, of course, the soil has had this uh, evergreen well, droppings on it for 15 yeah. years, and okay. it's probably very clay, um, slightly acidic soil. So to get you to the point, Ron, so what's the question about the transplant? What do I, can I put this, this Franklin tree there in this real sunny spot, and what do I do to the soil? It would prefer a little more shade than full sun. I don't think you have to do much of anything to the soil itself. I think the soil will be fine as long as it's loose and got a lot of chips in it. Maybe a little extra fertilizer wouldn't hurt. Some slow-release holly-tone, a little organite or something like that would be useful. But I'm worried about full sun. Franklin, yeah, I think it's going to be a more mm, morning sun, afternoon shade kind of plant. Thanks for calling, Ron. i got to get out of here because I have to congratulate Jason Byers as being a birthday boy today. The man is older than he was yesterday. Today is his birthday and celebrating one year of wedding bliss next weekend, or May the 6th, I should say. So congratulations to him for that. It's been a great Saturday morning with Ashley Frasca screening our call. She is off to ride motorcycles this afternoon. That should be fun. Ashley with her hair streaming out behind her. We'll see how she reports on that on Monday morning. Follow her at, w, at Ashley Frasca WSB. We'll be back for more Lawn and Garden next Saturday. You guessed it, right here on News Talk WSB. Window Wisdom.